we're, we're kind of looking at uh, little snippets of profits so far this year. Um, so two weeks ago, we, start, we, we started the new year with Balaam. And uh, he was a prophet that wasn't descended from Abram. And he was available for hire, basically. And he knew of the Lord, but would sometimes serve the purpose of kings that followed false gods. Last week, we had the call of Samuel. Not yet a man who heard a voice calling him, but took a while to awaken to the concept that God would call, because he just didn't have that experience. It needed somebody that had actually fallen away a bit from the Lord, Eli, to say, you know what? God's speaking to you. Ask God what it is that he wants to say. Tonight's prophet knows God, but doesn't want to answer God's call. This is not because of any self-perceived inability to communicate. You know, quite often you get a prophet that says, oh no, I can't speak. One that says, I can't go there. You know, nobody will believe me. Any of that. It's not that. But tonight's prophet is one that doesn't live a faithful life, putting God first. And it's Jonah. Don't know. Did you use Jonah this morning? No? It's luxury text for today. But uh, Jonah. Um, so if you turn to Jonah, chapter 3. And uh, we'll be reading from verse 1. He knows who God is. But yet he was worried. Meanwhile, we see that the folk from Nineveh did that thing about saying they were sorry. They truly acted it out. They changed their behaviour. They lived a new way. They put on the sackcloth and ashes. They, They showed concern and action and there was an element of reassurance in what they were doing as they came before God. If you were to ask a child in junior church or Sunday school somewhere, something about the story of Jonah, I suspect they would be more likely to go slightly earlier in the story than this. You know, they'd be more likely to go for a big fish. And Jonah getting swallowed by a big fish. Or maybe the bit that leads up to that, Jonah going on a ship and running away and the big storm and getting thrown off the ship and the storm 
calming down just before Jordan gets forward. Or maybe they particularly want the bit where Jonah gets ejected out of the whale. It's not a whale, it's a big fish. Out of the big fish onto the beach because that says something about getting thrown up or burped or spat out or something like that. They just want that looking bit. Depending on what age the young person is and where they are. That those are not the basis of the stories. The, the big fish and the ship are means by how God does something, but they're not the full thrust of the story. The, the book of Jonah is not an adventure with a big fish. It's about God's love. And that's the purpose of the story. God loves the wicked people that have been in Nineveh. And so he calls them prophet. He loves the prophet and knows that he can do what he wants to do. So even though the prophet runs away, he sticks with that prophet. And he brings a storm because he wants to turn Jonah's wife round. And God brings that storm and it tosses the ship about in such a way that the sailors all think they're coaxing, that they're all going to die. But yet none of them are thrown overboard and the ship is not getting damaged. Seriously. The Lord's just putting enough storm there. Enough that they'll make Jonah do something. And you see it, a kind of penitent act in Jonah. He says, it's me, it's my fault. Throw me overboard and the storm will stop. It's a penitent act. He says, it's my fault. I confess, I'm sorry. I've brought this upon you and upon this ship. He's getting down on his knees. And they throw him overboard. So Jonah has an awareness of what's happening. And he says that he's sorry to the sailors. And the sailors then get an awareness of who God is. And they bow down to the Lord. But the story moves on. God then shows his love by sending the big fish. He doesn't play. He doesn't just take the fact that Jonah said, I've done wrong, and that act of penitence, that act of repentance, and say, well, I forgive him, but he's dead now. No, he rescues him. And he allows Jonah to continue his thoughts. <clears throat> to change. <clears throat> to proclaim. 
that God is good. And so, Jura comes forth, and the story heads back to Nineveh. And the message is proclaimed, and the people change. And God spares Nineveh. Because God is a God of love. The moment they repent, they are saved from destruction. <coughs> and God loves Jonah. And as Jonah goes out of the city and goes and sits on the hillside or something, looking at the city going, he never got destroyed. A tree grows up. And it gives protection. And it shows God's love to Jonah. The tree grows up incredibly quickly. It is a gift from God that this tree grows up. And then, as a message, God allows a worm to eat the tree. And Jonah gets angry. We sometimes don't recognise what's going on in our lives, and sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's of God, and sometimes it's not of God. But Jonah, who had said he was sorry for running away, who had been given the second chance to do what he was supposed to do, to go and preach in the city, hadn't really changed at all. He is more worried about himself and how he is perceived than about the saving act that God has done. He's more worried about how people will think of him as a prophet than the city that would have been wiped out. The prophet, as he walks through the city of Nineveh, is a reluctant, half-hearted, negative bigot. He wants that city to be destroyed. That's what is on his heart. He doesn't care about it. And when it is said, he's furious. In that last bit that I read from chapter 4, he, he quotes Psalm 145, which is the first of the sections in our new Kingdom of God, Humbu. Bible study boot. He's saying, I know what you are like, God. You are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Who wants a God like that? How rubbish. I want my people to be destroyed. It's just not good enough. He's a loving God. And he gets upset by the tree getting wasted. But he doesn't have a heart for the city. We have hope in God. And the problem for us 
is that there's times that we might have that little bit of Jonah within us. That we want things to go a certain way. We want things to pan out in the way that we want it to. But that's not necessarily God's plan. It's a tricky one. But God is a God of love. But he knows this loving God, what we really like. And he uses us all the same. Even though we get angry, even though we get muddled, even though we make a complete fool of ourselves, he still uses us. Wherever you look in the Old Testament or the New Testament, other than Jesus, every king, priest, prophet, and disciple are simply human. Jesus is human. And he's also God, so he kind of has that extra bit. But the rest of us, in all creation, are just human. And we get it wrong. And we make mistakes. And God calls us to be his people. To have that love for others that he has for us. Jonah wandered across the city, and his sermon was rather unconstructive. Forty days and you're going to die. That's it. He doesn't give them the option of repenting your life will be changed. He just says that's it. He says, not repent because the end is night. He just says the end is night. doesn't get the message of love. It's a doom energy. Nothing about forgiveness. But God uses even Jonah, who hasn't truly been sorry, who hasn't truly changed his way, who hasn't truly adapted to what God wants him to be. He uses even the worst of servants to say you are loved. We might not always get the story. We might not always tell it in the right way. We might not always go outside the doors and proclaim it at the top of our voice. You know, as we were saying kind of earlier, and we were saying about shouting, you know. There's not many of us here tonight. Maybe that means we have to shout louder. But above all, what we have to think of is not who am I and what can I get out of it? How will I be seen? Which is what Jonah's thing was. I'm going to be a worthless prophet because my prophecy is not going to come true. That was his concern. We have to think of the greatness of the Lord, who I am is. Swift to anger, swift to bless, gracious and compassionate. The one who forgives, the one who wants to share his love.
remember that he loves you. Remember that he loves all.